Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Always thankful when the Lord breaks in and does what he wants to do. We continue to try to be faithful to let him do that whenever he wants to. How many of you know God can do more in just a few minutes than we could plan all week? Amen. And so we want to give him his place in our times together. Uh, yesterday was an important day for us. One of our young couples got married. Uh, they're in service. No, they're not in service with us this morning. <laughs> I like dedicated people, but I'd be kicking them out and say, get out of here. Uh, John and Kristen Robles now. And so they will be back here shortly in a few days off their honeymoon trip. And we encourage you to welcome them and celebrate with them. I'm also excited this morning. I didn't have anything to do with this. None of us did, which makes it even better. Uh, if you came from the north this morning, things were different. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, the house next door, they cleaned out all the brush. Did, y'all, did anybody notice this morning when you walked by? Like, yes, thank you. I walked out, they were cleaning yesterday, and I waved at them from over here and said, thank you, thank you, thank you, because you can finally see our building, which is nice. So uh, God is good, amen. We didn't have to even tear out one bush. I like it better like that anyway. So, um, But anyway, uh, listen, we've been in this series. We're about to wind it down next week. I hope that you've been taking it to heart. We've been talking about lists. We've been talking the, uh, about the fact that, at least in my world, lists are a part of life. I probably will never outgrow that. My mom has instilled that in me. I make lists about everything. Uh, there are scraps of paper all over my world. Uh, there's, uh, I've even found a program for my phone and my iPad and my computer. If you don't have it, it's a great list person's app. You, you'll never find a better one. It's called Evernote. You can make all the lists in the world. You can, you can, you can search your lists, which is great because I forget where I put my lists. And, and, and you can even take pictures of signs and text, and it will search that. It's incredible for list people, and I'm kind of listy. So lists on my phone, uh, lists are supposed to help us keep ordered and structured. And lists represents, uh, represent for us, at least I believe they do, what we think is important and what we don't want to overlook. Hey, Brian, there's Brian right there. I knew he's, but Brian's back from Africa. Yeah, he's been on a, yeah, so sorry. See how my lists work? I had a list to mention Brian and just saw him. Hey, Brian, Brian Nix, that's the oldest son of Danny and Esther, and he's been in Africa uh, doing missions work, but we're glad you're home. Amen. That's a different list, but anyway, uh, there's lists. We don't, we don't want to overlook some things, so we make lists, right? So those lists, but there's a list we've been talking about that it's essential that we keep in the forefront of our mind so that we don't find ourselves included on this list. We've read it several times. It's no, nothing new to you now. It's Proverbs chapter 6, beginning in verse 16 and reading down through verse 19. Solomon does us a huge favor, and he lists for us the things that God doesn't like. How many of you know that it's important to know what God doesn't like? Because we don't want to do things God doesn't like, right? And so Solomon was extremely helpful to us, and he lists them for us. He said, there are six things that God hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, 
a heart that devises wicked schemes. I'll come back to that one in a second. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. As I've mentioned, Solomon uses very strong language here. In fact, he drops the H-bomb. God hates these things. He doesn't just dislike them. They don't just make him uncomfortable. This is a God that we talk about as a God of love, but now all of a sudden out of nowhere, not only is he a God of mercy and kindness and goodness, but there's a, an H side, a hate side. He hates these things, and he lists them for us. And so we've dealt with some of these things already. We dealt with proud eyes. We dealt with uh, lying tongues. We've dealt with heavy hands. Last week, we dealt with a heart that devises wicked schemes. Has anybody had to practice a heart scan this week? How about Monday morning? Right? We get out of Sunday service, and I tell us that we're not supposed to plan pain. Right? That's one of the ways that we scan our hearts is we make sure we're not planning anybody's pain. And on Monday morning, by 8.30 a.m., I'm riding in my car, and I get a text from one of my children, and I think they're being done wrong. And all of a sudden, I start planning somebody's pain. And the Lord had to convict me to do a heart scan in my car over and over and over again. You can't plan their pain. They don't get all the facts first. Lo and behold... They didn't do my child wrong, and I planned all their pain for no reason. Right? So I got to quit preaching this stuff because then I got to live it. And so it makes it fun. But Solomon states that God hates these things, and we've dealt with those things. It's interesting to me that Solomon deals with our eyes. He deals with our tongue. He deals with our hands. He deals with our heart. And now he deals with our feet. He doesn't leave anything out. I wish he'd have left some stuff out. Solomon, just leave one area out. I mean, I'll try not to, to make God mad how I use my eyes and my tongue and my ears and my hands, but come, come on, leave, like, give me some room. To, but he doesn't. He, he deals with it all. Solomon states that God hates it when we use our feet to rush quickly into evil. He makes it clear that it isn't enough to only monitor what we say and what we see, but we must also be diligent about where we step. And so this morning, I, I think uh, that we struggle in this area because most of the people I know, uh, including somebody sitting on the front row over here, uh, don't like feet. They, they think feet are ugly. And, and, and let's be honest, uh, we're not going to try this, but let's be honest, we could, I could make you pull everybody in here, we got to take a the reason we don't do feet, foot washing anymore is because y'all don't like each other's feet. I, I understand. Uh, uh, let's all take off our shoes and socks right now. We'll line up on the stage and have a foot beauty contest. That nobody would win because most of us think feet are, like, ugly. And, and when you think about feet, maybe that's the right thought because at least in that day they wore sandals like Tim Hooper in every kind of weather. And, and, and they had mire and dirt. And they, you think about what what your feet come into contact with, and, and so they're not pretty. This, okay, I heard the disgusting. I get it. Uh, I have this, well, I'm telling myself, I have this uh, God-given gift I can pinch with my toes. It's great. It's a great talent when your wife doesn't like feet. It's, it's one of the joys of my life to bug her. Um, in fact, I'm going to show you on Tari what I can do. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> So what we do then is we have this tendency 
to uh, think more about the glamorous parts of our existence and experience with God, like our hands and our heart, and we talk about how we use our tongue. But the writers of Scripture make it very clear that we, and they encourage us to have a foot fetish. That's exactly what they do. Okay, I can. some of y'all don't even believe me. But, I, but I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, even a quick study of Scripture reveals that the writers of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament alike, put a lot of emphasis on our feet and how we use our feet. Let me see if I can help you this morning. You need to have a foot fetish. See, last week when we were talking about your heart, I mentioned to you that Solomon addressed the heart even earlier in the Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 4, he discusses how we use our heart. But lo and behold, if in Proverbs chapter 4, if Solomon didn't also address our feet, it's like he's hung up on feet. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26 and 27 says this. Listen, watch the path of your feet, and all your ways will be established. Oh, y'all already missed it. Y'all still thinking about ugly toes. Uh, watch the path of your feet, and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Solomon is literally saying this to us, and I want you to catch this this morning. He is literally saying that the, that the direction that your feet take will determine the direction your soul takes. Oh, amen myself right here in front of all of y'all. Listen, where you go, how you use your feet, the path you choose will determine where your soul goes. Okay, y'all, I'm, I'm going to prove it to you. I said it was all the way through Scripture. How about David? David, before Solomon recognized, David had a foot fetish too. In fact, if you look through Scripture, what you discover is that Solomon's father, where do you think Solomon learned about feet? From his daddy. His daddy was hung up on feet too because David opens the entire psalm, the very first chapter of Psalms, in the very first verse, of all the things he could write about, he writes about his foot fetish. He did, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove it undeniably. Here it is. He says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. So from verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, opening stanza, the opening crescendo, I'm trying to grab your attention and tell you what's so important. He immediately addresses feet and says, don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Don't stand. Okay. Then he goes on in Psalm chapter 37 and verse 23. He can't get away from it. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in, in, in every detail of their life. We know it like this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That's how we know it. That's how you learned it. But, but he's dealing with our feet. So if the Check it out. If the steps of righteous men and women are ordered by God, that means before you ever got on the scene and God knew that you were going to have a heart after him, that he was going to literally plan out the path for you step by step. There's no coincidences. There's no surprises. There's surprises to you. They seem like coincidences to you. But God is in the background working it all out, ordering your step by step by step. What that means then that is that if we run to wicked, then we are intentionally choosing a different path than the one he selected for us. That was good. You missed it. 
That means if you find yourself using your feet and you find yourself on this blacklist and you're rushing to evil, you have intentionally chosen to alter your path and choose a different path than the one that God had planned for you. So why would you then be surprised when everything goes to pot and everything falls apart and everything comes against you when you intentionally, okay, y'all didn't know I was going to be mean this morning, when you intentionally chose to alter your path from the one he he didn't choose the one you're spending your time with right now and you wonder okay what you wonder why now you're miserable and you wished he would leave or you wish she would leave and they bring chaos and confusion into your life and God's in the background going that's not the path I chose you you're on an alternative path and then and, and you don't even understand I, I don't mess with me because I could I could deal with it like that I could deal with your purchases I don't understand why I'm so overloaded with debt I and God's in the background going to say I didn't tell you to get your credit card out all day yesterday okay I'll move on because y'all don't even like me no more so so um The steps of righteous men and women are ordered by God. Then we go in the New Testament. It'd be great if they'd have left us alone in the New Testament because we're not bound by the law anymore, right? We're in the grace, right? Yeah, okay. You keep thinking that because then in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8 and Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 and 16, it says, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk. Walk as children of the light. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. He's dealing with your feet. You need to have a foot fetish. Uh, how about 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 through 7? says this, If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The writers are telling us that we should pay attention to our feet. In fact, I want to say this to you this morning. I think we need to understand this. We are constantly asking you to write down and pray for your movers but more to do than just pray for your movers we want you to influence your movers to make a change and make a move towards Jesus right did you know that their willingness to do that could very well be determined by how you use your feet okay our walk validates our witness Can I just say this to you this morning? The power of the Romans road. Everybody knows what the Romans road is, right? Those are the verses of Scripture you use starting in the first chapter of Romans, and you can take them, you can take anybody through to a conversion experience just by quoting verses of, of, of Romans. Y'all know Romans road, right? Okay. The Romans road can be negated by the power of your road. Our walk should demonstrate the light that has changed us. And if our choice with how we use our feet is not lining up with the Romans road that we quote to people, then we invalidate our witness and they don't want nothing to do with, okay, because I know y'all ain't never met no hypocrite, but I've, I've encountered a few where they say one thing and do another. Y'all know what I'm talking about? kind of invalidates their witness, doesn't it? Our choice with our feet is crucial because if our walk 
if we walk or we sprint off the right path, then it is just a matter of time, a matter of moments before we are far away from the ordered steps of God and the protected steps of God. We talk a lot about being under the protection. How many of you know you are favored by God? There is a protection. There is a canopy around your life. You think you got it bad now. What would it be like if you weren't walking with the Lord? I know you're struggling now. I know you face obstacles and trials now. But what would it have been like but for God and his favor and his protection around your life? And at the moment that we choose not to choose the path that he chose, I say that one fast three times, the moment we choose not to choose the path that he chose, we pull ourselves out from the protected place that he's called us to. So I think we need to refocus on our, our feet. I don't think we, we pay enough attention to our path. This is ridiculous to me because we learned this truth in booster band. Okay, some of y'all are like, what? I'm going to tell you, I'm a sandblock champ. See, some of y'all don't even know. Some of y'all way too young. How many of you ever were in a booster band? I got me and Darren. Darren, I salute you as a former member of the booster band line. Booster band. I grew up in, a, in Anadarko, Oklahoma, and attended church in Apache, Oklahoma, and every Sunday the booster band would play. It was a great way to get kids to come to church. They would line us up at the front of the sanctuary. We didn't know what we were doing, and they would have this box of instruments. Well, kind of. Sandpaper blocks that you rub together so they go, ch -ch 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 -ch, and little sticks that you hit together so they go, click, 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 and a little bell and a little triangle, and we had no idea what we were doing, and they would sing songs, and we would play to the songs. Booster band. Oh, y'all are deprived. We may do an adult booster band. No, because I've heard some of you clap, and you've got no rhythm. Okay. All right. Okay. But we learned in booster band. We sang songs that taught us what I'm talking about. Here was a classic, profound in lyrics. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. I mean, this is deep. There's a father up above, and he's looking down in love. Oh, be careful, feet, where you go. Man, I'm going to tell you, we could play some sandblock stuff to that. But we learned that in booster band. That's like kindergarten stuff, y'all. And yet... It seems to me as adults that we allow our feet to run wild. See, I, I'm, this is my concern this morning. I know that some of you can talk yourselves into trouble. I've heard you do it. Right? Some of you are good at talking your way out of trouble, but some of you are good at talking your way into trouble. Don't, don't be elbowing your spouse right now. I know they, somebody, they, she asked you, how, does this make me look fat? And... You decided one day of your life to be honest, and now you're dead. I get it. <laughs> life is miserable. I get it. So I know some of you can talk your way into trouble, really. Here's my greater concern. I'm more concerned that most of us intentionally, and sometimes unintentionally, but mostly intentionally, we walk our way into trouble. More than we talk our way into trouble, we literally walk our way into trouble. We use our feet. So Solomon and the others are adamant that where we go is absolutely important and has a direct effect on whether or not, this is their words, whether we're established. That means consistent and firm and solid. 
the reason some of your, your life is like this is because your feet lead you like this. Solomon says your ways will be established. It, it determines whether we avoid sin. It determines whether we're going to be blessed. It determines whether we're effectively going to be able to witness to those around us. But there's another truth in this passage that I think we've got to get, get a hold of. I think Solomon wanted us to focus on our feet, and I think the reason that he says in such strong terms that God hates it when our feet run to evil. Catch that phrase, when our feet run to evil. Do you understand what he's saying there? There's no hesitation. It's quick. One passage, one version even says quickly runs to evil. There's this dash to evil, and it reveals our spiritual condition. I think the, the fact that there's no slowdown and that, the, that, that we're quickly moved towards e evil, I think the truth here is this. Solomon understood that pace reveals place. Pace reveals place. Okay, let me see if I can help you. See, some of us run quick, more quickly towards evil than we run away from evil. We are told in Scripture that we are to flee, which means it, it carries this, this urgency and this almost panicked moment where when we're presented with the opportunity for evil, there's this, uh, i got to get out of here. I've got to flee this. I can't. There's no way. We're told to avoid the very appearance of evil. Not hang out to see how close you can get without messing up. Okay, I just threw that in there. In fact, I would submit to you this morning that Joseph shows us the appropriate response when we are confronted with the opportunity for evil. He demonstrates for us how we should respond. Solomon says that God hates it when we run quickly to evil. Joseph goes, you know what? When you're presented with an opportunity for evil, let me show you the appropriate response. Elbows and tennis shoes, baby. That's all you're going to see. I'm not hanging around long enough to see what it would be like or what it might feel like or how good it may taste or how fun it might be. I am out of here, son. You're going to see nothing but elbows and tennis shoes, and I am splitting the scene. It seems to me that our pace has slowed down when it comes to fleeing evil. I wrote some things down. Maybe, maybe one of them hit you. I just, I, I just think our pace continues to slow down. That's why we hang out on the ch channel just a few seconds longer than we used to. They got real quiet in here. That's why we keep the conversation going a few days more than what we, it would have. We keep feeding it. We keep revisiting it. Because our pace has changed. That's why we harbor the feelings a few extra weeks. We, we used to, when we felt ourselves feeling like this, we would have stopped immediately. But our pace has changed now so that we slow down and we just continue to harbor that just a little longer than we used to. That's why we make another pass by that desk. went over huge. I've, I've taught you this before. You do know the difference between temptation and sin, don't you? Yeah, temptation is when you're driving down the road and you see that young lady in that two-piece bikini mowing her yard. That's temptation. When you circle the block to get another look, 
that's sin. And our pace is slowed down now so that when she flirts with us at work, we go by the desk again. Oh, I'm not going to do nothing about it, but I just like being. When I had an opportunity to take a little extra, I, I, I used to. Okay. We march around bitterness another decade. Used to, we would have dealt with it instantly because we know that bitterness will destroy you, right? Y'all all know that. Y'all will amen me every time I preach it. Then yet we won't, we won't. We won't deal with the bitterness, and we give ourselves a pass for a decade. So now I don't like any black people because one black person acted like an idiot. And all the black people don't like the white people because one idiot. Smile. I'm just being honest. And we will harbor that stuff and harbor that stuff and harbor that stuff. And Solomon says God hates it when we run quickly to evil. And we have allowed our pace to slow down getting away from evil. Our pace in response to opportunities to involve ourselves in evil reveals our place in our relationship with Jesus. How many of you would admit, okay, I'm asking for, uh, this is going to take guts right here. I'm going to ask for a show of hands right here in front of God and everybody. How many of you would admit that if we were really as close to Jesus as we pretend we are on Sundays, our pace towards evil would slow down? Okay, I got 18 honest folks in the room. rest of y'all still running to evil. Okay, because you're lying. We come in here and we worship, and then when we go home, we never connect the two. I, I want to submit to you this morning, and then I'll get out of your way, because some of y'all are very uncomfortable, and I'm stepping all over your, your, your ugly little toes. And um, I want to submit to you this morning that our feet, more than our mouth, gives the most accurate glimpse of our place with Jesus. Because how many of you know you can learn to say the right things and yet use your feet? Okay. Remember, actions speak louder than words. We say the right things, and then when we go the wrong places, it undoes everything we said. We declare the right attitude, and then we respond entirely differently when we're not here. Our walk is something that we cannot run from. Unless our walk lines up with our words, then what we've done is we become involved in cheap talk. There's this old saying about some things walk. Yeah. Some of y'all understand. That's exactly what happens when we have believers that can worship themselves silly in a worship service and amen and glory, blessed, holy, righteous, mercy, kindness in here. And then they'll go right out of here and feet take them places they should not go into situations they have no business being in. Said as bluntly as I know how to say it, like I haven't already been blunt this morning, but I'll try to be even more blunt. Let's see if I can get this right. I just want to say to you this morning, it doesn't matter what passion shirt you wear, what passion shirt or, or sticker you have on your car, what, what 
religious paraphernalia you carry around with you on a regular basis, may I submit to you this morning that you're, for many of us, we invalidate our claims of relationship by the way we walk. David said it like this. Maybe he said it best. He said the law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. That's pretty good right there. Because what he's saying then is that if I slip, then something's going on in my heart. And long before my mouth starts changing what it's saying, because I learned, I've learned how to fake it until I make it. Long before, before I, I, I look at you wrong and cuss you out or do anything like that, long before all of that, I can tell whether God is doing anything in my heart by my steps. So let me say this, and then I'll stop, I promise. Your feet reveal your faith. Your toes tattle on you. And I am con concerned that too many of us are way too footloose. Everybody. I'm not going to say it like that because then. Yeah, I am. Everybody. Is footloose. That's why we can hold these up all day long, pray all day long. And when God sends us to be the ambassadors that would win them, they go, I don't want what they have because I know they worship on Sunday, but I see where, where they're, okay. I see how they're living. I see what they're doing. has nothing to do with your mouth doesn't even have anything really to do with your heart, although it does bring your heart into play. It really has to do with your feet. I'll never forget. This is my last, I, my third closing. Yeah. I'm Pentecostal today. Closing three times. Uh, that's the hallmark of Pentecostal preachers. Third, in closing, I will never forget. I was a youth pastor in Greenville, North Carolina. Had a leadership team meeting. Had a young lady that was leading my drama team said all the right stuff. I could tell something was going on, couldn't prove it. I knew I had a problem. I knew there was a problem coming. I could just sense it. But she could say the right stuff. She'd been in church all her life. So after our meeting, I hopped in my car, and I followed her. I know, bad, bad preacher. You're supposed to just everybody. And I followed her, and straight from the meeting, Straight to the liquor store. Well, she did it right now. She did it how you're supposed to do it, right? She parked three doors down and then walked. So nobody would know. And I knew right then that her feet lied on her soul. Her feet showed me. It, 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 it exposed to me what was going on in the inside. So my question for you this morning is very simply this. Where are your feet taking you? What does your pace in regards to evil say about you? Are you quick to run to anger? 
Are you quick to run to bitterness? Are you quick to run to sin? Are you quick to run to revenge? Are you speeding into prejudice? But I sing great. I got you. I know. I say amen right at the right time. I know. I hear you. But I see your feet. We're two foot loose. Father, this morning I pray that we would examine beyond our mouth. And although some of us need help with our mouth. Father, I pray that beyond our eyes, and yes, many of us need our need a extra help with our eyes. Father, some of us need help with hands, but I just pray for all of us this morning. We would examine our feet because our feet reveal place. So God, I pray that if there's one person in this room this morning that they're struggling in their walk, in their walk, in their walk, that they would begin to pay attention, close, close, close attention to the steps they take. I ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Would you join me and stand on your feet? I desperately need sandpaper blocks right now because she's playing the song. You're going to have to move to be able to do this, but that's okay. We'll make room for you. We're going to end like this this morning. If you're willing over the course of the next seven days, that's all I'm asking for, seven days, one week, just one week, not asking for your whole life, too overwhelming, not asking for six months. I'm asking for one week, seven days. If you are willing for seven days, to watch your step carefully. I'll watch where I walk at work. I will watch where I go at school. I will watch who I hang out with. I will, if you're willing to make that kind of commitment for seven days, I want to tell you something. If you'll change your walk for seven days, your walk will change you for the rest of your life. And some of y'all stay out of a whole lot of trouble this week because you'll walk away from the office you've been walking to and you'll walk away from the person you've been walking to some of you will walk away from a place you've been walking to, and you'll walk right into freedom. If you're willing to do that, would you just, as Julie sings this profound song, do you remember the song? Uh, did you see that look? Be careful little eyes, what they see, what they see. That's the other part, see. She's going to sing this. I just want you to step out from where you're standing, and I just want you to take seven steps. I know that's, I know I'm corny. The way it goes. I got the mic. Okay. On Monday, I'm going to be careful. On Tuesday, I'm going to be careful. Okay, you're going to have to get out from If that's you. Father, I pray this morning we would be honest. If we're not willing to make this commitment, I pray that we would do more than just say this with our It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.